Hello and welcome into Jam Session. Glad to have whoever you are listening to us. Jam Session is Matt McLaren and Jean-Jacques Taylor. We're two guys who used to do a radio show on ESPN Radio in Dallas, Texas. We now do this podcast. We talk a lot about the Dallas Cowboys, other Dallas sports teams, and just our interests in Dallas, nightlife, stories, beer, all kinds of things. Glad to have you. Thanks for listening. Let's get going. Welcome. It's nice to have you here. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. You're listening to the Jam Session Podcast. I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume. With Cowboys insider... What's your name? Jean-Jacques Taylor. That's my name. Radio personality and craft beer expert, Matt McLaren. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. Comes from upbringing. And now, the Jam Session Podcast. It is indeed Jam Session. Subscribe, rate, review, hang out with us for a while. Right here on the Jam Session Podcast, sponsored as always by Greening Law. A personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas, Greening Law fights the legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal. But right now, that moment we've all been waiting for has arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, the radio, the TV, the podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. What up, though? I would be the non-sexy one. It's Matt McLaren, and this is Jam Session, the podcast version 355, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled. If not entertained. Oh, we have a lot to discuss. We have so much to get into. Free agency starts this week in the NFL, so that'll be awesome watching all the other teams make moves. So we'll, we'll look and see what the Cowboys aren't going to do and, and what they will do in free agency. A lot of stuff to get into as we are now about six weeks away from the NFL draft and a huge trade this past week, of course. But before we dive into stuff, we always start you off telling you about Greening Law. And many of you know that I worked with Greening Law for a while. And I've explained this many, many times. Maybe this was the weekend you got injured in a car accident. You were injured on the premises of a business, what have you. If you've gotten into an accident that wasn't your fault, it is worth your time. Pick up the phone, give Greening Law a call, and see if you've got a case. Because if you've got a case, man, I can tell you, they're almost like wizards or or magicians or something. The magic that they can work to help you so that you can just focus on getting better, they're incredible. No, man. I mean, I think the thing about it is with Greening Law, they, they walk you through this long, kind of complicated, tedious process. Now, it's worth it, but you need somebody when you're going through this to hold your hand and show you where to move and how to move and how to get through the process. Because you're going up against somebody else's insurance company. You want to ride a die team for you. That's what they do. So anytime you're involved in something like an accident, and it doesn't matter whether it's at, a, at a, you know, a business, an apartment complex, somewhere other than your home, pick up the phone, give Greening Law a call. Tell them your situation, your circumstance, and hope like heck that they bring you on as a client. Because if they do, Matt will tell you it's been your lucky day. Indeed it is. It is very much your lucky day. So give them a call. The consultation is free. 972-934-8900. It's Robert Greening. Call him now. Offices, Dallas, Texas. So the Cowboys will embark, as all of the NFL will embark, when free agency opens this week. The Cowboys have restructured, and they, they do this every year. We've talked about this before. Basically, every contract they dole out, they can restructure it automatically when they want to. So they restructured Dak this week and Zach Martin as well, and they have now cleared $30 million in cap space. Well, with that $30 million, you, you got to imagine, and, and we know how they do this. They want to draft and develop 
Guys like a Donovan Wilson, a Leighton Van Der Esch, who they drafted, who they developed, they like their own free agents. I would imagine that those might be the two top priorities for them outside of anybody who is a free agent from somebody else's team. I would agree with that. Now, how, what's your take on uh, Van Der Esch? I like Leighton at the right price. I mean, hell, I loved Leighton for what he was last year. I don't know that you're going to get him for as cheap as you got him last year. And I, that's where I you're wonder. Not, you're not getting him as cheap as you got him last year. 27 years old. He obviously is effective, but is somebody going to come along and offer more money than the Cowboys would be willing to go for a guy like that? And the problem is, uh, you know, he's got that neck thing. His career could end literally any play. Mm-hmm. He's got that cervical stenosis, the same thing that ended Michael Irvin's career as a narrowing of the spinal column. And uh, he's had surgery, and so he plays with it. But literally, get hit the wrong way, his career could end. And so you're right. I wonder what the money would be for that. Donovan Wilson is the guy who intrigues me. And this is the, uh, I don't know if downside is the right word, man, but this is the downside of drafting good. You get a guy in the sixth round, you develop him, he becomes a really good player. Led the team in tackles. Did you realize that? I did not realize that, no. No, for real. Like, he led the team in tackles for a guy who seemed like he wasn't playing every down. Had uh, one interception, I think five sacks, the most by safety in forever. In this scheme, and that's the question to me, he's a really good player. Is he the same player in other schemes? And here's the deal, though, Matt. Donovan Wilson been a six-round pick. Mm-hmm. He ain't got anywhere close to getting paid. He ain't giving no discounts. Nope. <laughs> None at all. Because he's trying to get paid because he ain't never been paid as a six-round pick. Meaning he's made – his bonus was, was not even that big. And, yes, by most American standards, he's rich. By professional athlete standards, he ain't made no money. Right. And so you're going to have to pay him. Yeah, and that's, a, that's where I wonder what the Cowboys will be willing to do because, as we know, this is not a team or a franchise that values the safety that much. I mean, you look at Curse is going to bring in $5 million this year, and would they if, – if you look at Donovan Wilson, do you consider him a top 20 safety? Because if he's a top 20 safety in the NFL, the top 20 highest-paid safeties are all making $7.5 million or more. Yeah, I think he's a top 20 safety. So then do you go seven uh, and a half or more on, on Donovan Wilson? You know what? What did, uh, what did they give Kurtz? Two years, 10 million? Yeah, I think it was something like that because he's at $5 million this year, and I think he was at $5 million last year. Yeah, so. I'd probably see if he would take a longer deal, but or I'd give him that, that in that ballpark money. And I wonder what he would maybe I'd give him a Maybe I'd give him less average and guarantee more. Yeah. Something like that. I'd try to be creative and get him done because – Here's why I like Donovan Wilson, man. Um, We talk about this on offense all the time. We don't talk about it enough on defense. He is a bona fide, what, playmaker. He he creates turnovers. Either because he's sacking people and they didn't expect, they didn't see him coming on the safety blitz. He's blowing up people, forcing fumbles, or he's getting his hand on an interception or two. Not a lot of guys are bona fide playmakers who just create turnovers on a regular basis. He seems to have a knack for it, and those things are hard to find in the National Football League. Yeah, and that's where, you know, I'd love him to be able to find a way to keep Donovan Wilson. To bring him back would be fantastic. You know, as you mentioned, I mean, this is a dude, I was just looking at it. In his career, the most that he's ever made in a single season is about a million dollars and he's been here for four years so you look at it in his career his career earnings 3.5 million dollars 
total over the last four years that he's been with the Cowboys. Like I said, for an NFL, for a professional athlete, he ain't made no money. So that's where it'll be very, I'm very curious to see if they can get something done with him. Man, this can't be right. It says that he's 28 years old. Is that right? Oh, shit. He's 28? I don't know. We got to double check the videotape on that. What if he, um, maybe he, maybe he redshirted and played five years at A&M. Yeah, February 21st, 1995. He's 20. He just turned 28 in February. Damn. Well, that changes things. I, I, I thought he was like 26. Yeah, see, that's that's what happened. He probably he probably did what I said. He played five years at A&M, came out of high school at 18, played five years at A&M because he redshirted. Because remember, he's a six-round pick. Yeah. So it's not like he, he was like, oh, I'm so good, I'm going to come out early. No, I needed all six years to get barely into the draft. Uh, that does change things a bit. Um, just because of the age, he plays a collision position. Um, you know, I still like him. Though. I still think he's a really good player. I still think he, he can really do some things for this team. And while safety has not been a priority, it appears to be a priority with this particular team and this particular coaching staff with Dan Quinn because what does he like? He likes three safeties yeah. out there. Yeah, so I think, you know, circling back around, and you're right, Jacques, he did play – five years at A&M I was just looking at it he graduated high school in 2014 and then his oh, in 2017 he had a season-ending ankle injury in their first game for A&M so he read medical redshirted and played in 2018 so yeah he was drafted in 2019 a little older than you would anticipate so he is legit 28 years old it seems to me that if the Cowboys are going to make any moves in free agency, I think like it feels like they want to re-sign Donovan Wilson. They want to re-sign Leighton Vander Esch. I think Dalton Schultz is gone for sure. Yeah, well, he's not. Everything we're talking about is playmakers. He's not a playmaker to me. Yeah, he's a good player, but he's not. He's not. He's not a difference-making player to me. Yeah, and then it'll be interesting to see if they try and bring any of these other guys back. I don't know. You know, does Jason Peters fit somewhere as an old ass dude? Does like Connor McGovern? Like, why not have Connor McGovern come back if you can sign him for a deal that you like? Um, I think the reason you don't have him come back is we can go find a guard in the second or third round who can who can do that at a fraction of the cost, just like you did it at a fraction of the cost. Yeah. Uh, but that's a guy that you know, especially like I wouldn't want to go too much past the third round to get a plug and play guy. Um, you always have the um, the option to keep uh, Tyler Wilson inside and, and put um, whatever his name is, the Hall of Famer. <laughs> Tyron Smith? <laughs> yes. There you go. A, I was having a 56-year-old man moment. It happens. Uh, you put Ty, Tyron Smith out there at left tackle if you want to. Yeah. I don't think that's the preferred move, but you could do that. So you got some flexibility there. And uh, I think they've drafted some guys who might be ready to compete. But, like, Connor McGovern, yeah, I'd like to have you back, but – you, you're so low on the priority list, I wouldn't think so. And then somebody will pay him money and will go like, really? Yeah. You paying that guy that? Yeah, do you, do you try to bring Noah Brown back, or is he done? I'm going to tell you what I've always heard about Noah Brown, which is why, yes, I think they would try to bring him back at the, at, you know, a very moderate deal, which is he's smart, he's good. I didn't say great. I said he's good. Uh, he showed you last year he can make some plays for you. Um, he helps you in the running game because he's your best blocking wide receiver. He helps you on special teams. He does a lot of things. 
He can help you in a lot of different ways. He knows all the positions. Uh, he's a Will McClay favorite. So if you can get him back on a reasonable deal, very reasonable. Like, you know, I would basically be like one notch above the minimum. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and if you can find somewhere better, Noah, then take it. But, you know, at least we know what you can do here. You have a role for us. We have a vision for you. You're not going to get cut. You can get your money. Because it's not about the contract you signed. It's about how much of that money can you get. And if Noah Brown comes back to Dallas, good chance he gets most of that money. Uh, but like I said, you're bringing him back because of his versatility in all those different ways and to help you in the run game. Yeah, so just looking at their list of unrestricted free agents, you know, we named most of them. I imagine they try to bring Cooper Rush back. He's unrestricted. Or maybe not. Maybe he's, I, I can't imagine some team out there wants Cooper Rush more. You know, what will they invest in that? We'll see. You talk about Wilson and Van Der Esch. Like, when you look at their list of free agents, to me, those are the top two. Anthony Brown's a free agent. Right, which is why, you know, is uh, is Jordan Lewis a free agent? He got a year left. I think he's got a year left. He's not on the list. All right, well, then Anthony Brown's probably gone because he's coming off that Achilles. I would expect for them to take a cornerback uh, in the first or the second round to come out and start. Maybe Anthony Brown is back if you give him a one-year deal and kind of say, hey, as you're working your way back, we got a deal for you. We'd love to have you. But it's a dirty game out here, bro. It is It is a dirty game, man. And, and you look at, of course, obviously – you know, Jordan Lewis, they can, if they want to bring him back, they can. If not, they could save a few million dollars on the cap, and he's only a $1.1 million dead cap if they cut him and well, walked away well, from him. See, in those situations, you might as well keep him because he's worth more than $1.1 million right. to, you, to you. And then you got, you know, all those dudes that they bring in on those one-year deals like Dante Fowler Jr., Anthony Barr, Jonathan Hankins, who they traded for, Carlos Watkins, and then, of course, C.J. Goodwin, which I imagine – since he's such a special teams ace that he's got that value where they would try to work something out to bring him around. Yep, whatever the minimum is. Minimum is and C.J. Goodwin would probably be like, yeah, I'll take another year making 1.2 and going about my business. But outside of that, I mean, like there's, there's not any big name splash, and they, and they cleared a lot of cap space, which means to me, I, I think that they are going to have to pay Wilson, and I wonder how high they'll go for Leighton because last year he played for $2 million. You got to think that dude's making at least $6 million a year if they want to bring him back for another couple of seasons. Uh, yeah, that's the key, man. You know, and how old is Leighton? Because it seemed like he was a little older, too. Yeah, I think he's 28 as well. Yeah, I mean, 28 is okay because you're just not entering your prime if you're not a running back. No, he's 27, so let's see. He may be 28 before the season. No, he just turned 27. Okay, good. All right, so, yeah, but it's always, man, everything in the NFL is truly about the right price. Yep. I got to get you at the right price, uh, and the price varies who you are and how tight we are against the cap, what the right price is for you. And, uh, you know, they got some moves to make. Uh, they got some good options. But if I were ranking them, um, Donovan Wilson would probably be my priority over Van Der Esch, but they'd both be kind of yeah. like one, one, two. Uh, and then we'd work, we'd work it out from there and see, you know, who makes sense. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, when you look at the, the big-name free agents around the NFL that somebody else is going to sign, like Javon Hargrave, who's been great with the Eagles since they got him in free agency a few years ago, he's, he's free. Marcus Davenport is a free agent out in New Orleans. He's only 26 years old. Now, that dude's going to break the bank, and obviously the Cowboys wouldn't be in on him, but that's one of those guys, man— if they were if they are players in the free agent market, I would not mind Marcus Davenport being here. I'm trying to think, James Bradbury at corner, who the the Giants released last year, and the Eagles picked him up 
famously the pass interference call in the Super Bowl, but he's a free agent. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds, the linebacker from Buffalo. Trying to think anywhere else. See, there's all kinds of safeties, but the Cowboys aren't going to go for a safety and free agency. We know that. And those are like like some of the better safeties, like Jordan Poyer, Jesse Bates is a free agent. Well, they'd rather get their own safety. Right. And so outside of that, I mean, I just don't know. I mean, there's going to be somebody that they're going to sign. And you look at this, you know, do they if, if they look for free agent wide receiver, a guy like a Jacoby Myers who's only 26 years old but never really did anything when he was in New England. Problem is, all these free agents, man, like J.W. and Clowney, who's a free agent. Well, he's been around for forever. Dalvin Tomlinson is a free agent. Actually, Clowney is the kind of guy they would sign. Yeah, yeah see, and, and like it. What's he going to bring to you? I don't know, but we already know. We we all know how this works, where a handful of free agents that first day are going to blow the market out, and the Cowboys will come along some point at the end of next week and sign some dude for $2 million. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. But, you know, they're, 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 not, they're pretty good at piecemealing it together. We'd just like to see a little more impact, uh, somebody who can make a little more impact because we're trying to get them to the Super Bowl before Jerry passes on. Yeah, and that's, you know, when you look at if you're just interested in, okay, the wide receiver market and what that could be, you know, I already mentioned Jacoby Myers, who's probably at the top of the list up there with Juju Smith-Schuster. Mikael Hardman is a free agent. Both those dudes, you know, Hardman's only 25 years old. You got Odell Beckham. You're going to hear a lot about that. Paris Campbell from the Colts. Darius Slayton. Uh, Lazard, the dude from Green Bay. Outside of that, I mean, it's, you know, if you're, if you're not going to go, and even even then, I don't know that any of those guys would really excite you as a free agent signing. You know, maybe somebody like a Juju. We've talked about Odell Beckham for forever. I, I You know, I... You know, Juju didn't do all that much last year. No, that's so. the thing. So, <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, and I you're like, okay, well, you everybody thought, oh, that's okay. So they lose Tyree Kill, where they got Juju Smith-Schuster coming in. You know, they got him for a steal, though. He only signed for like a $4 million deal for one year with Kansas City. And you kind of sit there, and I guess I kind of feel the same way as, well, if, if you couldn't do it with Pat Mahomes, yeah. what do I expect that you're going to come in here and do with Dak? I mean, he... <laughs> You know, he, he, he was just shy of a thousand yards, you know, and Juju's one of those guys where it, it's almost like we have Odell Beckham thought with him and we forget he was really, really good. His second year in the league since then, 552, 831, 129, 933 has not had a thousand yard receiving season in his last four seasons. And remember, that's like 67 yards a game or something yeah. like that. It's not, it's not an incredible number. Uh, so, no, I mean, basically, he's just a high-profile name who's just a guy. Yep. Maybe slightly better, slightly, but in general, he's just a guy, bro. I mean, for his career, in six years, he is averaging five catches for 60 yards a game. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, that doesn't really, again, but, I mean, if the money's right, I mean, hell, if you can get a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster and he, if he didn't feel like he proved it on that deal with Kansas City and you can get him for $5 million, I mean, okay. I don't yeah, mind having that. No, but it's like we sit here and think about it, like, okay, what's he going to bring? Right, and that's the thing. You know, like, there's just not that guy. Yeah. Right, you want somebody who's going to bring some speed or some some something other than him. Like, I don't think he brings all that much. I would agree. I he's did, it, he's it's just that another way. pretty good player, but it's not a special trait you can really build around. 
So we'll see. We'll see. Free agency opening later this week. What will the Cowboys do? Probably nothing outside of, and again, we, we say that, but bringing back Donovan Wilson, bringing back Leighton Vander Esch, those are key cogs that they will need for that defense. And if you can get those guys and you're able to bring them back, then you have to look at that as a win in the free agency period. You guys need to be checking out Freeway Tire Shop. And, you know, JR has been with us since the beginning. He's been a great sponsor. And part of the reason why is because we trust him. We send so many of you guys over to Freeway Tire Shop. I mean, Jacques takes all of his cars over there. And there's a reason he stands behind his work. He, he does what he tells you he's going to do. He's very fair. And the customer service that you experience there, you, you just me, mechanics like him and his shop, that just doesn't exist. Nah, man, and I like to remind y'all every now and then that he learned that customer service when he was a member of the management team over there at Home Depot. Uh, yeah, that's right, Home Depot. So he brought that skill set over to uh, Freeway Tire. And, you know, the thing about him is, man, I say this about you want a doctor you can trust, you want a mechanic you can trust. And what happens is you can trust him to, one, diagnose what the heck is wrong with my car. How about that? Let's start there. Then you can trust him to use premium parts to fix the car unless you want to go with some other parts and a lot of times he'll give you that option hey, a little more expensive lasts longer a little less expensive lasts a little longer your choice how you want a good how you want to get down with this and then man my favorite thing you can trust him to give you a fair price i mean really what else do you want just charge me a fair price man i'm good and then finally you can trust him to stand behind his work so if your mechanic does not do those four things, not three to four, not two to four, not one to four. If your mechanic ain't doing all four of those things, man, hop on 35E going north. Uh, that's Denton for some of y'all who don't know. Uh, get off of Commonwealth. It's about five minutes from downtown. Go through the light, look to the right. Bam! There he is right there. Yep, that's him. You got it. It's Freeway Tire Shop. You can check him out online. You can schedule an appointment. You can request a quote. See what he can do for you at freewaytireshop.com. So the monster trade the other day that happened way before the draft, and, and we'd been hearing for forever that the Bears, and it made sense because they were sold on Justin Fields. They didn't need to have the first overall pick in the draft. And when they landed it, it, it kind of felt like at the end of the regular season, they're going to trade that pick because they'll be able to get a haul. And sure enough, they certainly did that. So they trade with the Panthers. So they traded the Carolina Panthers sent four picks and wide receiver DJ Moore to the Chicago Bears in exchange for the number one overall pick. It's a fantastic call. I saw this for the Bears, and I thought, okay, this is the type of draft now that the I might look at Chicago. They're in a very winnable division, depending on how much you buy into Dan Campbell and what they're doing in Detroit. If, if Aaron Rodgers is leaving Green Bay, they're going through a rebuild. Minnesota, you never know what the hell to make of them. The division is there, and now the Bears, they get a number one wide receiver for Justin Fields, which they didn't have by far. DJ Moore is the best receiver they've had in years there. And now you get, not only do you, you just now have the number nine overall pick, you now have a, a two first-round picks next year and two second-round picks this year and two second-round picks coming up as well. They've got a real chance here to build around Justin Fields with some big pieces because of this trade. Dude, that's, that's what you do. Now you got to hit on them. And, the, you know, that's the um, that's the big thing. But they now have the opportunity to put some talent around them. And, you know, at a certain point, I wouldn't even trade the picks. I'd use them because you need players. You don't necessarily need yeah. one guy who's a super – I mean, unless maybe you get a superstar. But you know what I'm saying. You need players. Yeah. And so the more players you can get, um, then that's, that's the better thing to do. And so I think they're finally in a good shape and a good position where they can now start – 
putting some pieces around Justin Fields because he can throw the ball. I've seen him do it at Ohio State. Uh, he also had a litany of weapons at Ohio State. So yes. you start with uh, DJ, uh, you add another receiver, you get the offensive line where he's actually got some time, and just start building an offense around him, man, you know, where he can he can succeed and he can thrive. Yeah. Because if not, he ain't going to succeed and he ain't going to thrive. Yeah, and so now you look at the Bears, they have four picks in the top 64 of this year's NFL draft. And you look at the Carolina Panthers, and it's interesting because the Panthers, I don't know that anybody saw them making the move. A lot of people thought maybe the Colts would jump up there, jumping from 9-1, to and they gave up a lot of draft capital. What's wild about this trade to me is, whoever it is, let's say it's Anthony Richardson, which I don't, I mean, to me, a lot of people think that they made this move to jump up and get Anthony Richardson. I thought, I don't know that you go all the way to one for Anthony Richardson. Maybe they felt like they had to. Is it Bryce Young? Is it C.J. Stroud? Reality of it is, whoever the hell they draft there, who's he throwing to? Oh, they'll go get some people. <laughs> I mean, because now you just gave up a haul. You're going to draft your quarterback of the future, and they've got nothing. McCaffrey's gone and D.J. Moore are gone. In the last season, those are by far their two best offensive weapons. They got nothing yeah. in Carolina. Uh, we got we to gotta go look at a salary cap situation, but they'll go in free agency. And I didn't say that they would add, you know, outstanding players, but they'll go add some guys, at least you know who can play a little bit, I would think. Uh, you're going to have to do that because you don't have the draft capital now because you got the quarterback. Yep. Um, I, I was looking for this deal because I read this a couple days ago. And it was a quote from, uh, but it was a transcripted quote. So I was, I was trying to find it. I can't quite find it, but I'm also in a hurry trying to look for it. But it was Frank Reich talking about what he looks for in a quarterback. And the thing that made me think that he wants C.J. Stroud is, he said, it's soon, he said I don't, I'm paraphrasing, of course, like, I don't mind movement. I like movement as part of what quarterbacks do. But at some point, you got to step back in the pocket and be able to throw with accuracy and hit guys. Yeah. Um, and who is that? That's C.J. Stroud. Mm -hmm. It's not Anthony Richardson. No, it's and, not. And it's and it's not Bryce uh, Bryce Young because he's not a drop back classic drop back passer. C.J. Stroud is like six three, you know, two twenty, your classic mold. And so to me, that's who it kind of sounds like. Uh, like he's going to get based off of you know what he said about what he likes about quarterbacks, and then. You know, he worked with Peyton Manning. He worked with Jim Kelly. Who are those guys? Yep. Drop back, accurate, Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Yeah, and it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out because there's also been the thought that if they, and, and I can't imagine that they would view, they went up there with the idea that one of they want one of these guys. You know, and, and I know Frank Wright came out after the trade and said, now we have several weeks till we can really dive in and, and find the quarterback we want the most. To me, I'm like, man, you don't make this move unless there's a guy you already have circled that that's who we need. We want that guy. Because yep. you, you see these rumors that there's I, there's a thought that they might trade down to like the second, the third, the fourth spot or whatever, pick up more picks and still be able to get the quarterback they want. I was like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I, I just don't see them trading up to one and be like, well, okay, well, as long as we get one of these three guys, we're cool. Mm, let me see. I could, I could see how it works. If you trade up to one and nobody knows who you're going to take, but you really want C.J. Stroud, uh, I don't know if that works. Yeah, there's because a way you, there's a way you could bluff it and make it and get what you wanted 
and still, but that's kind of risky too. So seems to me like I'm, I'm, there's more I think about. It. I'm kind of like you. If you're going up there, you're probably going to stay. Yeah, and it, this is going to be fascinating because you got to think the Panthers and the Texans are taking quarterbacks. Arizona's sitting there at three. There's been that's the team with the leverage right because now do the Colts feel like they have to trade up from four to three to be able to get you know whoever it is that's left over out of these quarterback classes and if that were to happen is there another team I mean I'm starting to wonder are we about to see a couple more trades where we see four quarterbacks go one two three four dude you you very might well because what happened is somebody gonna trade with Arizona because there's only two left I get, I need to get the guy that I want now because there's only two of them left and they're the two guys who are flawed. Or you look at it and go, it's Anthony Richardson. The chance for the home run with him is there. I need to go get him uh, before somebody else makes a play for him. And so, yeah, I think like Arizona is, is the team that's the big winner because they don't need a quarterback. Um, and then, you know, there's, uh, there's, there's not a bad segue into Baltimore situation because, you know, I want to make sure y'all understand this, okay? Really understand this. Lamar Jackson does not have a contract, okay? He don't have to sign the tender. That's true. So y'all see where I'm going with this? Oh, y'all think y'all want to screw with me? Okay. I won't sign it. Now, nah, y'all go figure out who's going to play quarterback for y'all next season. <laughs> like, for real, man. Yeah. Like, if he got his money straight, oh, y'all going to give me that? No, I don't think so. I got enough paper. I'm prepared to sit out this year. Or I'm prepared to sit out as long as it's required for y'all to trade me or get me out there somewhere. But I don't have to sign the tender. I don't have a contract, so I'm not holding out. You can't find me. You can't do any of that stuff because um, I don't have a contract. And so he has more leverage than people think, which you know is also why some people are like, well, maybe uh, I've heard a couple people who I respect say, I don't really think he's going to ever play for the Ravens again. That's wild. And then secondly, what if the Ravens took Anthony Richardson at four and said, we'll just, re we'll just start over with, you know, Lamar Jackson 2.0. Yeah, that's, it's I, to me, the fact that the Ravens might just completely just screw this up is wild to me. And we oh, talked about that. It up, bro. It's, it's just so odd to me. You got a guy who's taken you to the playoffs four out of his five years and has won an MVP. You know, I mean, it's like when the Cowboys were screwing around with Dak, like, what the hell are they doing? <laughs> but at least it wasn't this bad. I mean, it almost was. But, I mean, with the Cow like with the Ravens, you're sitting here going, I, I, I can't wrap my mind around this. Dude, it's how it be sometimes, man. It's, uh, it's kind of crazy. But this is what happens when you get ego involved. It doesn't matter whether you're talking about the team's ego, the player's ego, because um, Lamar Jackson is worth whatever somebody will pay him. Uh, it's not my fault, you know. All yeah, you know what happens is people say, um, "Well, it's not their fault that Cleveland gave an outlier deal." Well, every other deal, every other time somebody gets signed, it's here's the deal, here's the deal, here's the deal. You get in where you fit in. Well, yeah. this is this is one of the deal. You just don't get to decide which ones you, you accept and which ones you don't from a player perspective. Because the other thing is, what do all players know, bro? First time that I don't play well, you're going to cut me or to ask me to take a pay cut. So I need my money. 
Yeah, that's, I mean, you got to get paid when you can get paid, man. But this is, as we go through this next week with the free agency, the upcoming draft, I mean, the NFL is always fascinating, but the thing with the quarterbacks this year, because we've never had an NFL draft where quarterbacks went one, two, three, four, and it's only happened three times where they went one, two, three. You know, I think, uh, what was it, 71, 99, and then a couple years ago in 2021 when it was Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and who was the third? Oh, Trey Lance that went one, two, three. You know, and you look at that, and you go back to even 99 with Couch McNabb and Achilles Smith. Remember that, dude? Wow, I forgot about Achilles Smith. So you sit here and you go, well, our two most recent examples of quarterbacks going one, two, three in the draft, I mean, are filled with, you know, Trey Lance, who the hell knows what that guy is? Zach Wilson's a bust. Achilles Smith was a colossal bust. Tim Couch was kind of a bust. So chances are, you know, one of these three dudes is going to turn out. Who's it going to be? Dude, let me see. You know, you know what I mean. And I'm not breaking news here, so it's really because I'm I'm like Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson is all about who drafts him. Yep, that'll determine his career. And this is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. We've talked about it in general many, many, many times about organizations make quarterbacks. The latest quarterback maker, and you can disagree if you want, obviously, is Brian Dayball. Look what he did with with your boy in Buffalo. And then look at how he went to the Giants and got a guy who hadn't really peed a drop to play pretty well. Yeah. And so it's something about Dayball's offense and the way he teaches a position that gets guys to play well. So if Anthony Richardson winds up in a spot where he's with a quarterback's coach and an organization that understands the position and, and how to bring him along and maximize him, blah, 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 he could, you know, for a period of time, be the best quarterback in the National Football League. And if not, you know, he may be like some other guys who have two years as a starter and then, you know, they just become career backups. Yeah, and I like kind of wonder. Sam Donald, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, if, if Anthony Richardson – and we we hear this all the time. Like, does he does he really need like a year? Get him in the NFL, work with them a little bit. Problem is, if he's drafted that high, they're not going to sit and wait for a year. You're not at some point. At some point, he will take over and become the starter in this season. And, and is that too quick for him? That that's I don't know. That's man. why you. That's why you gotta. That's why you gotta have conviction, and that's why you gotta do it a certain way, and you gotta have a plan and a vision for the player. And if you know he's coming in, that's why you got to get a certain yeah. quarterback to start so that you'll win enough games that there won't be pressure to play him. That doesn't mean you're a good team. It just means instead of being, you know, two and nine, you're you're five and six. So there's the pressure to play him is not nearly as intense. Yeah. And that's where I mean, coming out this year and, and, and for most of the season last year, I thought, OK, Stroud Young, those are the top two quarterbacks. I have no idea. Chances are they don't both turn out. If they go one, two, and it may be through no fault of their own. It could just be whatever franchise drafts those guys. You know, somebody goes to the Panthers, somebody goes to the Texans, who's going to be able to develop them and work around them and put the weapons in place for them to have success? No, that's exactly what it's all about. That's what I say. Like, like, check this out. If you're Anthony Richardson, you really don't want to be drafted by Baltimore. Yeah. Because what does Baltimore put around uh, Lamar Jackson? And I read some knucklehead, man. The other day, what do you mean? This is and this was actually somebody who works in the business. What do you mean Baltimore hadn't tried to put anything, hadn't put anything around him? They spent two number one picks on receivers. 
Those receivers weren't any good, so no, you didn't put anybody around them. You don't get no credit for trying, man. Yeah. You get credit for doing. You you, you drafted Hollywood from Oklahoma, who's like 5'6 and 120 pounds, <laughs> to be an outside receiver. God. No, I mean, he's Five, a niche six. guy, man. He is, he is, that's fair. You know, I mean, he can make some plays, but he, he wasn't never going to be that dude for Lamar Jackson. And then you took Bateman, and he was, you know, he just hadn't panned out. So, you know, so no, you ain't put nothing around him. You have not exhausted every opportunity to make him better. You got him a couple good tight ends. I mean, come on, man. I yeah, mean, that's yeah. true. I mean, really, dog. Yes, Ozzie Newsom was a Hall of Fame tight end. That don't mean that your best players got to be tight ends. And they're good, but the only tight ends who really changed the game are Kelsey and Kittles. Yeah. That's true. And it, it, it's, you know, you look at it because I was thinking, I was like, man, it feels like Hollywood Brown is always injured. The dude has played 16 games once in his four years and for his career, four seasons in Baltimore and then, or three seasons in Baltimore. And then obviously the last year in Arizona for his career is averaging four catches for 53 yards a game. Dude, that's what I'm talking about, man. Yeah. And, and so. that's no shot on him. He was always going to be a niche guy at his size, man. Yeah, he was, and, and Bateman is kind of the same way like you're talking about. I mean, that's a guy who two years in the league has played 18. He's played in 18 games out of a possible 33. Yeah. Just banged up, injured guys. They can't keep him on the, on the damn field for him. No, hmm. nope. I mean, he Weird. did average 19 yards a catch last year or two years ago. But Yeah, in his 12 hey. games or whatever it was that he played. <laughs> I was going to say, he only, he only, that was the problem. I'm sorry, last year, but he only played five games. Yeah, can't stay on the field, man. So, yeah, this is going to be really interesting offseason with the free agency period and the draft coming up and how all these quarterbacks, because I think it's only been twice in history that four quarterbacks have been taken in the top 10, and it's happening this year. Oh, no doubt. I'm like you, man. I'm starting to think it's going to be four for four. Which is nuts. And that's, I mean. Because just what, I mean, just what you said is going to happen, I think. Like, I'm convinced Arizona's going to move because somebody will encourage them to move. And then there's one left. And you're like, we got to get him. And so I think somebody will jump up to go get number four. Yeah. If uh, if Baltimore doesn't want to do it. And, um, yeah, I think you're right, man. I, I, I wouldn't be shocked me at all if we go four for four on quarterback. Which has never happened that. before and would be so wild. Because, I mean, if you're Arizona, if you're the Colts now, the Panthers jumped ahead of you. You got to be sitting there going, man, do we, do we just have to trade up one spot to get number three so we at least don't get stuck with the last quarterback out of these guys? Yeah. Now, here's the other thing, though, man. And you've talked about this ad nauseum, as we like to say. Because you always go back to that draft with – Christian, whatever his name, Christian Ponder. Yeah, Christian Ponder, Jake Locker, and Blaine yeah. Gabbard. When Cam and Newton like, went number one overall. Yeah, exactly. And you always say, don't just draft a dude because you need a dude. Yeah. Not that high. So, like, I'd rather go pay Jimmy G to be my, you know, my uh, bridge guy Yeah, for a year or two. Or I'd rather go get Baker Mayfield. Go be my bridge guy for a year or two. Uh, because I don't want to pay the draft capital for any of these quarterbacks right here just to move up a spot or two. Yeah, man, that is – I just pulled up that draft and because and, they went in the top 12 because Ponder was the 12th pick. Locker was eight. Gabbert was 10, obviously. Cam went first overall. 
But man, how about the first seven picks in that draft? Cam Newton, Von Miller, Marcel Darius, A.J. Green, Patrick Peterson, Julio Jones, Alden Smith. And then Jake Locker, and then obviously Tyron Smith went ninth to the Cowboy. I mean, you're talking about eight dudes who played in the league for a long-ass time. Some, a couple that are going to be Hall of Famers. I mean, that's a that's a stacked top eight of the draft, man. Yeah, because then J.J. Watt went in that draft. Too. Yeah, he went 11th. Uh, no, that's the Hall of Fame draft, man. That, like, several of those guys are going to, to the Hall of Fame. But that's a great draft. So crazy to think that all those quarterbacks that were drafted, you know, Cam obviously had a really good career. The next three were bust, and then Andy Dalton comes around in the second second round and is still hanging around. <laughs> Quarterbacks, man, Andy, it's a weird bit. Andy Dalton. He's the sole survivor out of all those. That's, that's damn near about like Dak. Yeah. All the quarterbacks in his draft, and he's the sole survivor. Yeah, that is, I mean, quarterbacks are, it, it's, it's why everybody trades up for him. They're just hoping to grab one and hope it works. Yeah, but there's so much, so many more moving parts that ain't got nothing to do with the individual as to whether yeah. whether it works. That's true, and you just never know. You never know when it's going to hit. It's not like the Cowboys wanted to draft Dak. As famously, you know. They, they tried like hell not to draft yeah, They wanted Paxton Lynch, and then they wanted Connor Cook, and they're like, oh, well, Dak's here. I guess we'll just take him. And then he wasn't even going to be. We would have never heard of Dak if Tony oh. Romo doesn't get hurt when Kellen Moore had already broken his foot. True that, true that, true that. Oh, here's what you were talking about, man. I just saw a tweet about it. This is from uh, Dove Kleinman. Let me make sure this is the right person. See, this is what happened when you started just giving out check marks. Yeah, because then you don't know. All right. Well, this guy's got 140,000 followers. So. Okay. Seems real. All right. Update. Panthers are indeed considering, considering trading down from the first overall pick. Weird. A third report now confirms this one from ESPN. The Athletic and Charlotte Observer reported the same. If they have more than one quarterback prospect they like, they could trade down. But, see, to me it's all about you have the one that you want, whether it's Richardson or whether it's Stroud. It's can you convince somebody that, oh, no, we're taking Bryce because that's the one that everybody else wants. And so if you can convince somebody – Who's number two, Houston? Really, you're trying yeah. to convince Houston that you're going to take Bryce. Right. But I don't know why Houston would believe that. They'd be like, well, why would you just do that? <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work out. See, and that's the thing is that if you're the Panthers, you're like, oh, if there's more than one, so wh- where are you going to go? You're going to trade with Houston? Because you don't want to go. Arizona doesn't want the, the first overall pick. They don't want a quarterback. Right. So you're going to trade with the Colts? Well, then if you trade with the Colts, you better hope you like all four of the guys because the other three may be gone. That's why, like, tr- them trading down, unless it's with Houston, which would make no sense unless Houston is just in love with, like you said, Bryce Young and is convinced they have to have the first pick. Right, I don't know. Because otherwise, wh- yeah, where are they going to trade to? You might get him with the second pick. You just stay there and get Bryce Young. Yeah, I just don't. It, it makes, unless it's trading down to two, there's, it makes zero sense for the Panthers to trade anywhere else. Now I'm with you on that, bro. So we'll I'm see. So I think it's all bullshit. I kind of think, think that as well. I don't think they're trading anywhere. Unless they're just they're, to, they're hoping to pressure Houston into thinking that, and they'll they'll just give them what yeah. they want to get up to one. Right. Yeah, I think that's it. Give us a first-round pick to move up, and you can have your pick at the quarterback. Yeah, you can have the pick that, that Lovey Smith screwed you out of. Right. Yeah, interesting. I will tell you this, though. It, I hope you guys got a chance at some point. If you haven't, you need to get over to Smokey John's and check out that jam session bowl. 
because it doesn't get any better than that, man. The Jam Hello. Session Bowl that they created just for listeners. I mean, that's the name of the item. Like, you go in there and be like, I'll have the Jam Session Bowl. That's our, like, they <laughs> named it after us. It's only for <laughs> listeners of the podcast. And it's not even on the menu. Like, you got to know. You got to be in the know. You got to be in the know, and you got to know what to know. And the Jam Session Bowl is either mac and cheese or a mashed potato base, man, with your choice out of two out of five smoked meats. Uh, your boy almost always goes for the brisket and the sausage. And then, bro, once they put that on there, then they start putting that stuff you find on a loaded baked potato, you know, mm. like chives and bacon bits and uh, sour cream, some butter. I mean, it's delicious, bro. Yeah. And then they drizzle it with this super-duper sauce, and then you have something to live for, for eternity. It's the Jam <laughs> Session Bowl. It's fantastic. It's delicious. Uh, it feeds It feeds too easy. And uh, I've been telling y'all, if you got, like, two and you got your kid who's, like, five or six uh, that little kid, that little person, they can eat off it too. You'll have leftovers if it's just a two of y'all. If it's three of y'all, you might be able to polish it off. Well, there you go, man. It's it's for eternity, so make sure you go and eat it. The Jam <laughs> Session Bowl. It's Smokey Giants. They're great people, man. They're the two brothers, Juan and Brent, that run it. Been in the family for years and years and years. Right there off Mockingbird in Dallas. So check them out. Let them know we sent you over there and grab that Jam Session Bowl. So as we move forward here, I wanted to throw out a couple of fun things. And you had sent this, man, this might have been a few days ago, but Hurtado Barbecue, which I've never had. Have you had Hurtado? Oh, yeah. And it's, it's pretty it's, damn good? Oh, it's, it's, it's on the rotation, brother. It's on. Matter of fact, the hardest part is strategically going there so that you get what you want because they're one of those places until recently had been, hey, once we're out, we're out. Yeah. And they're so popular. They get out fairly quickly. Yeah, and that's the thing is that they have announced that they will now be staying open seven days a week until 9 o'clock in the evening every single day. Yeah, baby. Which is interesting because I, I, I also find that that's one of the most frustrating things of all time. If you've ever been to a restaurant kind of of that nature where it's, hey, we serve it until we run out. Well, if you're the people that get there and you're like, all right, well, here's where we're going to eat lunch or what eat whatever. And then you get there and you're waiting in line like, all right, sorry, we're out. You're like, well, what the hell? <laughs> It sucks for you. Yeah, it does. It does suck for you. But I thought that was interesting that they've made that decision to do that, that they are just going to to expand to the seven days a week and stay open till nine o'clock. I mean, there's so many great barbecue places. And obviously, we talk about Smokey John's all the time. And, you know, for for my money, Smokey John's is one of the elite barbecue spots in Dallas that doesn't get... It's funny because you don't hear about them as much as some of the other touristy places. But Smokey John's, in my opinion, is better than a lot of those other ones that are kind of the touristy places and then you have the ones that you hear about like a Hurtado or like a Cadillac or something like that that have right. always kind of been hey we're not open all the time and we serve till we run out you better get over here it's really interesting no nah, man it's um but there it took me you know what man oh check this out this is how I got turned on to Hurtado because uh, I'm always into barbecue and I was talking to our good friend Master Tafatson about it uh, about barbecue and said hey you've been to my boy Hurtado's I was like no he said oh no nah, man you got to go it's great it's fantastic I think he went to high school with him and um, so I went over there and it was uh, it was as advertised and so the only thing about it is it's in Arlington this, this location when I went to was in Arlington and it was like on division so it was deep in Arlington okay and so it took it, you know, and me coming from DeSoto, like, okay, you got to make a special trip. Like, this is where I'm going today. And then again, you try to make sure you get what you want. So you got to take a special trip 
and you know get there at a certain time you know all that kind of stuff but it was worth it dog and the other thing that's great that they make elotes is that how you say it? yeah elotes is delicious oh uh, they they do the damn thing on that bro i love elotes when it's oh yes elotes yes they do that yeah there's different ways to make it i'll tell you my favorite that i've had and this is so random but charlie's tacos and burgers and rock wall on the square yes yes their, i've been there their elotes is unbelievable absolutely unbelievable but you know, I didn't sample their elotes. Yeah, I mean, their tacos are phenomenal, and I love that place. I mean, anytime I'm back in town, I usually swing by there because it's, it's super close to where my parents live. But man, right, their elotes right. is just, it is insane. Dude, how this talk has me yearning for some barbecue. Yeah, I know. Now I may have to go get some today from one of these, these pork barbecue spots somewhere around because <laughs> that's what we have here. You know, the other thing, I, I forgot to mention this, you know, Beer Geeks, who had been a sponsor with us for a long time, they closed their shop on the square in Rockwall and they just opened their new spot out in Fate. Really? Yeah, I think like within the last week or two, <laughs> that spot now, and I love where they're at now because it is, I mean, by vehicle, it's probably, and I'm not exaggerating here, it's probably two minutes from where my parents live. Oh. It's hey, super yeah. close because it's, it's on the square now in downtown Fate. And they have expanded their shop. They actually carry beer on draft now. So you can go in and sit and drink beer. And it's a like downtown fate's kind of blowing up and they remodeled it and they got a food truck park down there now and stuff like that. And it's a really cool spot. I haven't been to it. I saw it when I was there over Christmas, but it wasn't open yet. They were still building it out. But for those of you that live like on the east, east side of the DFW area, if you're Rockwall, Roy City, Fate area, check out the new Beer Geek shop and and let me know how it is because I, I told Deidre, I was like, well, you guys are so close to where my parents live. I promise you next time I'm in town, I will be over there for sure. Hell yeah. I mean, literally, I could walk there. I mean, it would take, you know, it's probably like a 10, 15 minute walk to where they are for my parents, but it's not far, man. It is very, very close. Frankly, I'm just amused that Fate has a downtown. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very small downtown. It's a very, very small downtown, but fate's blowing up, man. They built, you know, they got a specs out there now and they built like some, I forget what the grocery store is. That's, that's like some new model of like a Tom Thumb or a Kroger or some crap. I forget which one it is, but you know, where you can walk around and drink wine while you're shopping and crap. Oh, it's like that. Yeah. It's way out there. I mean, that whole area, like Roy city is exploding. I mean, Roy City, it, it blows my mind, but it's like North. I mean, it blows my mind. People live in Anna and Melissa. Well, Roy City is that far away from Dallas, and, and people are just moving out to the outskirts and moving out east, and Rockwall got so large, now people are moving out to Roy City. Hell yeah. It's just funny to me because, yes, everybody always hits the next suburb. Yeah, you know, like Forney. Forney exploded. And we forget about that because we're so used to the explosion of the North area. I mean, the hell, east of Dallas has exploded. Everything in Dallas is exploding because you got so many people moving here. Yeah, it is. And, and that's one of those things. I just sit there and I go, okay. I mean, Roy City to me always seemed, I mean, Rockwall seems far from downtown to me. Hell, Roy City is, you know, 35, 40 minutes from downtown Dallas, which I guess is in the grand scheme of things in Dallas, not bad. <laughs> no, not really. So the other thing I wanted to throw out is we have gone through a bunch of shows and we started wrapping some shows up. Well, I had some people suggest I don't know if you've heard about this show. It's called Barry and it's Bill Hader is the star of the show. So no. Barry has been nominated. They're about to have their fourth season, which will drop in April. They have been nominated each of their first three seasons for like best comedy series on TV for like the Golden Globes and the, the primetime Emmys and all that. So I was like, okay. And they were telling me about it. I was like, yeah, I'll check it out. 
man, this it is a dark comedy crime drama. Which what it is, is so Bill, is Bill Bill Hader plays the main character Barry, who is a hitman who starts feeling like he doesn't have a purpose in life and he stumbles one of the people that I'm not ruining anything here by telling people this. So his first the very first episode, he's supposed to kill this dude and he follows him into this community theater thing and discovers that he wants to be an actor but he's a hitman and it, it's, it's extremely dry. I mean, it is the comedy in this is so subtle that you got to pay attention. And some of it is just, I mean, I think it's hilarious, but it's so well-written, very, very dark comedy. I mean, he kills a ton of people. <laughs> oh, so like, and nobody knows, his- nobody knows he's a hitman. Like nobody yeah. in the theater and all this stuff. And you know, Harry Winkler's in it as like this old actor guy who teaches this class in LA that he signs up and he has zero acting experience, but he's like, I feel like I have a purpose now. And then his handler is like, your purpose is to kill people. You know, has he killed him a bunch of different ways or has he got his signature kill? No, he, he's usually, you know, I mean, he asked the, he kind of asked the clients, he'll be like, how do you want it done? And like, what do you mean? He's like, I mean, I can stab him if you want. I'm like what? I mean, can't you just shoot the guy? He's like, well, yeah, I mean, I can do that. But if you want something more, I can do that as well. You know, that type of thing. (laughs) And there is this, one of the characters in this is North Hollywood Hank, who is a super positive member of the Chechen mafia that Barry kind of works with sometimes. And this dude is hilarious. He'll be like, oh my God, Barry, thank you so much for coming. And the way you killed that man, I love your work. It's so great. (laughs) And Barry's like, whatever, dude. And he just goes, okay, well, have a super great day, okay? All right, well, we'll talk to you next time. And he talks kind of like that. Like, it is, I don't know, man. Like, it is, it's really well done and, and really, really clever. And I'm surprised that three seasons of it have happened, and I just now got around to getting into it. What's What platform is it on? It's on HBO. It's an HBO Max. Uh, I've been right. watching it on there. And the fourth season comes out in mid-April. And then I don't know if you ever watched Ted Lasso, but the third season of that comes out this week. It comes out on Wednesday. Have you watched Lasso? Yes, and it is genius. It is, it's a comedy. And, and, you know, one of the things that's cool about comedy shows is they're all like 30 minutes long. Right. But it's another one, like Jason Sudeikis plays this this Ted Lasso, who's a soccer coach who goes over to England, and they hire him, and he has zero soccer, like, coaching experience in soccer. Like, he, I forget, I think he's like a, he was a football coach, and they hire him in England, but he's so insanely optimistic and positive that he just wins people over with his attitude. And it's, it's, it's awesome. And it's such a feel good show to see how positive this dude is <laughs> like everywhere he goes, no matter what happens to him, he turns it into a positive thing. And you know, like one of the players who, whose name is Roy Kent is like this soccer legend in England. And he's so negative and he cusses all the time. And it, I don't know. It, it's, the, when I first heard about it, I was like, I don't know. I don't know if that's for me. And then so many people talked about it. And when I watched it, I was hooked. I was like, my, like, this is like, all of us should, should be more like Ted Lasso. <laughs> like really like anything that happens in the way, like sometimes people treat him, and he just, you know, he always turns everything into a positive and he's building people up and he's really kind. And, and we just, we all need more of that in our life. Yeah, well, this is supposed to be the third and final season. Yeah, that's what I heard. So that comes out on Wednesday. And then because we got like a free trial of Apple TV and we've been waiting to use it for 
when Ted Lasso comes out, and then we're going to try Severance and Shrinking, with our, which are both two shows that are on Apple TV that I've heard a lot of positive things about. What is, uh, what is Shrinking about? Shrinking, it's another one of those comedy drama series that uh, apparently like this, this therapist starts to just bluntly tell his clients what he thinks. And so Jason Siegel is one of the guys, I guess, that goes to see him because Harrison Ford and Jason Siegel are the two main characters. And supposedly it's it's supposed to be really, really good. Like it's gotten a lot of positive reviews and people talking about it. So we'll see. All right. I'm done. I don't know. And then tonight we got the Oscars, which I will actually watch. And I know most people don't do that, but I, I, I enjoy it. And I've watched almost every movie that's been nominated. So we'll check that out tonight. Something to do. So who's is that anyway anywhere what 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 gonna win? It should everything everywhere all at once either that or the Fableman should win Best Picture. We'll see. It should. I'll be curious to see. Man, I wanted to see Brendan Fraser in The Whale, and we it's not out available for rent yet, so haven't been able to see that. But what's I'm, the premise on that one? Is that a guy who gained a bunch of weight or a gambler? It's a guy who's very very large, a very obese human being. Oh, all right. Yeah, and, and you know that whole thing where he got like a ten minute standing ovation at, at Cannes or whatever at the at the film festival this year, and you know it's either going to be him or the kid who played Elvis is going to win Best Actor. So I'll be curious to see who pulls that out. That story of Brendan Fraser, the redemption role, kind of wild, man. I heard I heard his interview on Howard Stern that he did a couple of weeks back, and he is a very interesting guy. In which respect for you? Just all the stuff that he kind of went through and feeling like he was blacklisted from Hollywood and, and just he's really introspective about his characters and his career, which I thought was was interesting to kind of hear that that side of. I mean, this is a dude in Brendan Fraser that showed up at Hollywood and he flat out told him he was like, I didn't even realize that's not how it's supposed to work because he got cast within four weeks of being in Hollywood. The first month he was out there had never done anything and got cast in a feature film was in School Ties. That was one of my favorite films for for a minute. Yeah, I mean, I mean that was in my that was one I watched quite a few times. Yeah, and that was you know one of those films that was basically the feature film debut for like Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Cole Hauser, Brendan Fraser was in that, Chris O'Donnell. I mean, it had a huge cast of guys that went on to have really really successful acting careers in film, which was interesting yeah. to think they were all in that one movie. You know, that was like ninety three or whatever that was. Why did he get blacklisted? He had I'm trying to remember exactly what it was where. He went through a thing like with that whole like Harvey Weinstein type thing, right? Where he was, he had a groping incident. I'm trying to remember exactly what it was like, like the Hollywood Foreign Press. That's what it was. And he says that he was sexually assaulted by the dude that runs the Hollywood Foreign Press. And back in like 2003, and after that, like people didn't want to work with him and stuff. And he kind of disappeared for a while. And this was like for the first time in a while, you know, like he didn't go to the Golden Globes, even though he was nominated because of the stuff with the Hollywood foreign press, like he refused to be a part of that. So and he really? he was saying, you know, they never apologize. They never acknowledged it. And he still stands by what he's saying. And he says that for a while, he thinks that that's why he kind of got, you know, people for whatever reason, didn't want to work with them. And also he didn't want to be around it. He didn't want to be a part of the business anymore. So, hmm. Kind of interesting, and now he's back. And apparently, this role is like insane. And I really want to see it. I've heard he's incredible. So, well, and I just looked up a story in uh, GQ about Brendan, uh, whatever happened to Brendan Fraser. Yeah, yeah. Now he's back. So, we'll see. And 
Have you seen the new Chris Rock that was on Netflix by chance? Yes, I did see that. Dude. I mean, to me, for, for me personally, Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock are like the the highest of high for stand-up comedy that you can get, personally. Like, I, I put them up there above anybody else. And, right. and man, Rock is always, you know, because Chappelle and Rock, to me, are so just, they will tackle any issue. Pretty much. They will flat out say exactly what a lot of people will think. And it's almost like they're they're ahead of where we're going. Like they see where society is going and they, they somehow see that and they're able right. to have a conversation about it. And his new standup, man, which I guess it was live on Netflix, which I didn't realize last weekend. And obviously you can watch it now on Netflix, but my God, it's hilarious. I thought it was gold. Now, see, I was a little, uh, I don't know if I, I don't, I didn't like this one as much as I've liked the other one. Uh, and I couldn't figure out why, but then um, I was like, while I was watching it, because you know everybody's like, "Oh, is he going to tackle Wade and uh, yeah. Jada?" I mean, Will and Jada. And at the end, when he's talking about Will and Jada, I was thinking to myself, like, sounds like he's like in a counseling session or something. Um, and so it, it was interesting to me that I thought that. And then I heard um, a couple of days later, I heard Bomani Jones on his show talking about it. He said, sounded a little bit like he was in a therapy session as opposed to telling jokes. And then he went, and now he took it deeper than me because he's a little more uh, philosophical than me. But he was like, you know, when you're telling jokes like that, you make it a little more self-deprecating, uh, which is why it becomes a joke because you make it a little bit bigger than it is. Yeah. And he said, he said it sounded to him like he was still kind of, you know, working through it and dealing with it. And he just let us in on his therapy session. And I thought something similar to that. Now, here's the other thing that when he talked about abortion, that struck me as odd, too. Yeah, that was a little I mean, there was some really touchy stuff in this thing, man. Yeah, because the way he went about the abortion thing was just like, whoa, OK, I didn't see that coming. So, uh, yeah, I, it probably uh, I've seen some other ones I, I, I like much more off the bat. This one may re require a second look just to see if I can get it all because I was, um, you know, it was yeah. good, but it was just it was kind of different for him for me. Yeah. And it, I mean, he dives right into the Will Smith thing at the very end. And I thought that that was funny and, and really well done. And I like, you know, his whole thing about, you know, the the what was it? Something about like, I mean, when the white people, they stormed the Capitol and it's like, I mean, what like to take out the government you already have like you get there like okay now what <laughs> or whatever i thought that was hilarious man i don't know his perspective on some of that stuff is it's just it's it's really good him and Chappelle, man the, to me those are i love those two guys i feel you on that bro they bring it i like jim gaffigan a lot too which is really interesting because i don't know if you know jim gaffigan he doesn't cuss no. like he doesn't work in the blue at all he never cusses and he's just like a dad up there telling jokes and it works that's uh, before Bill Cosby became sinister. That was his approach. Yeah. And, and, you know, Jim Gaffigan now, I mean, he's got several comedy specials and, and he it's really interesting because, I mean, obviously, Chris Rock is ex I mean, he goes dark and, and, you know, he'll throw out all kinds of terms that some people don't want to hear. Chappelle's right. the same way. And Jim Gaffigan's just up there like this dad just talking like we're, you know, and, and it's hilarious. I mean, he because it's real. I mean, com the best comedy is funny because it's truth. 
Well, yeah, it's, normally it's based off your life and your perspective right. on life, and you just make jokes about the things that you see in life. It's the prism through which you look at life. Yeah, and and those are, I mean, there's a lot of stand-up comedy out there, and sometimes there's a lot of it to me that I'm just like, eh, this seems easy. But Chris Rock especially is one of those guys that, I mean, he, he goes right at you, man. And it's, I enjoyed it. I didn't realize that Gaffigan had been dubbed the king of clean. Yeah, man. I mean, I, like literally he, you could watch it with your children. Like he is clean. He doesn't talk about anything blue whatsoever, but he talks about stuff that most of us, you know, if you've ever been married or you have kids, it's stuff that we all encounter every single day. And he's very, very good at it. Yeah, the only uh, comedian to perform in front of the Pope. Hey, how about that? I mean, look at that. Because we get you get so used to seeing, you know, so many comedians that are just vulgar. I mean, some of them are that are, I mean, like an Amy Schumer or somebody out there that are just like, I mean, you know, which I, doesn't bother me at all. I think it's funny. But for some people right. who don't like the vulgarity, uh, like down that path, Gaffigan is one that, I mean, he is, he's about as clean as you can get for comedy. Well, the funny thing about it is it used to be that when they were like that, it was for shock value. You know, Andrew Dice Clay from yeah. 30 years ago was shocking today. Be like, is that the best you got? Really? Yeah. Yeah. There's a Coming lot of like, that. Yeah. And so I think, I think Gaffigan can probably work because there's so many going the other way. He just went in a different direction. Yeah. And he's, he's enjoyable. And I don't really get into a lot of stand up comedy, but I don't mind his and, and a couple of the other guys that are out there. By the way, did you see this? It is, and all of you will see this by the time, obviously, you listen to this, but apparently the Rams are in talks trading Jalen Ramsey to the Dolphins. Oh, it's going to be Byron Jones' replacement. I guess so, and the Rams just continue. Hey, they got their ring. Well, they they went all in, and they got it, and this is the fallout, and you've got those wonderful memories in the uh, championship magazine and DVD. Yeah, and that's all that matters, and... You know, you, you go through, I guess, kind of a rebuild at this point, trying to move on. The problem is, is they've got Matt Stafford for three more seasons. They got to get rid of him. I mean, it's, he's going to be 35 years old this year, and he's got, well, he's only a $20 million cap hit this year, so I imagine you keep him. Yeah, what, uh, what are they supposed to be trading Ramsey for? I don't know. I haven't seen. It just says that they're in talks, but you got to think. I mean, he's got to be a one, right? Do the Dolphins have a one? Yeah, Josina Anderson's tweeting it as well, saying they're deep discussions. A deal is not finalized, but high likelihood it happens at this time. Yeah, yeah they don't have a first-round pick this year, so. Yeah, so, I don't know, maybe they're giving a second and a third this year and a one next year or something. Dang, man. Plus, you still got to pay him. He wants to get paid. Yeah, so, that, yeah. Huh. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, well. Very, very, very. Let's see how that plays out. Yeah, I imagine the next time that we do a a podcast, we will know if he is a Miami Dolphin or not. And, of course, NCAA tournament, man, March Madness this this coming up later this week, which is always fun. We'll yes, see except, how it plays uh, you out. Know, except my team uh, finished under 500 for the first time in 20 years. Yeah, they're not going, man. No, I thought we were going we to get to the championship game for a minute. We were giving Purdue all they wanted, yep. and then it fell apart. Yeah, it's going to be this has the the makings of a tournament that could be very wide open. And it's funny because, you know, the Aggies in Alabama, as we're recording this, are playing in the SEC championship. And I keep telling people, man, like Alabama is a damn good team. 
They have the makings of a national championship winning team, but so do a handful of other teams across the country. The Aggies are a team that's probably going to get in like as a five or a six seed that is going to end up upsetting somebody somewhere along the way. The Longhorns win the Big 12 championship. You know, Rodney Terry, the work that he has done down there in Austin with that group after Chris Beard got fired and all that crap they went through. You know, Longhorns are a team that can win the national championship. That being said, I don't know how many people realize this. The Texas Longhorns haven't made it past the first weekend of the NCAA tournament since, I want, I believe, 2008. They haven't? Really? Out of the first weekend. They get upset all the damn time. Wow. I, I swear it feels like every single year they get upset in the first or the second round. And no, they they haven't made the final four since 2003. Yeah, okay. That's what I thought. I just looked it up. Yeah, 2008 was the last time that they made it past the second round of the NCAA tournament. Man, that's a long time for a team yep. that's normally pretty good. I mean, it's incredible. It's I mean, it is it is mind-boggling how they freaking always find a way to just get upset and lose in the damn first or second round of the tournament. I mean, do y'all remember that Kevin Durant played for the Horns? I know, people forget about that. Like Kevin Durant, KD, was a Texas Longhorn. Yep. I mean, I remember, I'm trying to think, man, a few years ago, they were one of the higher seeds, and just out out of the damn blue, they get stunned in the first round on a last-second, like, half-court shot. trying to remember who that was that they played when that happened to him. But I remember, because I was watching that game at a Buffalo Wild Wings, I was like, you got to be kidding me. (laughs) I was so pissed. I was like, man, you know, that's what they do, man. Texas, that's what Texas does. Wow. You know, you look at this. Yeah, okay, so two years ago, I believe they were a three seed in the NCAA tournament. Yep, and they lost to a 14 seed. They lost to Abilene Christian in 2021. (laughs) It's rough out there, bro. They were a three seed. You know, and you look at that, like Shaka never, Shaka in the six years he was in Texas never got them past the first round. Really? Yeah. You know, I thought Shaka was going to be great at Texas. So did I, man. Now he's back at Marquette. He's doing his thing. He was not great at Texas. I'll just throw no. that out there. He was not at all. Uh, yeah, and then uh, that was. Hill Jr. had an interesting theory on him, which was that his, this is just, and I'm paraphrasing his theory, but it was something like he won at VCU with kind of overachievers who bought into frantic this is the only way we can win style. And at Texas, the recruits that he got weren't underdogs, so they didn't buy into it completely, if that makes sense. And now that he's back at that a, makes sense, at yeah. a, and now that he's back at a mid major, he can do what? Sell his we're underdogs and and the players will buy in because if you're at Marquette, you're not one of the best players in the country coming out of high school. Yeah, it makes sense. I can see that being the way that it was. And, you know, reality of it is, I just, I, it was 2016. They lost to Northern Iowa, who was an 11 seed, and they were a six seed. So think about yeah. that. I mean, you can't be losing to directional schools in a tournament, bro. I mean, a program, and look, Texas is not some basketball powerhouse, but th- to not have gotten to the Sweet 16 since 2008. Yeah, I mean, you know, my boys make a run every four or five years. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. That's why, like, this year, somebody's like, well, how do you feel about the Longhorns? They look like they're going to make a run to the Final Four. And I was like, okay, don't get upset the first week, and then we'll talk. No, for real. Like, get out of the damn first weekend before I have zero belief that this team is not what I've seen a gazillion times in the tournament. But we'll see. March Madness is fun, man. Yeah, Always enjoy it. it. And I spend way too much time trying to figure out the brackets, which is so dumb. 
<laughs> I'm impressed that you do. I gave up. <laughs> I know, man. I remember last year I did one and within the first half of the first day, it was completely busted. And I think I'd lost like two final four teams. And I was like, well, screw this. But I can't. It's like every year with fantasy football. I'm like, I'm not going to put so much time into it. It's, it doesn't. And then every year I still do. Yep, you're, you you love it, bro. That's, I do. That's nothing. There's nothing wrong with that, man. It's all good. That's what it is. I'm trying to. I'm trying to see. Uh, let me see. Are you laying odds for what dumb thing Alabama's basketball program does this week? Uh, no, we'll see. I mean, it's it, Alabama. <laughs> we shall see. Those boys, that program right now just has no self awareness. They do not. No, and it it doesn't. Yeah, you know, they don't help themselves whatsoever. No. Of course, we are talking about Alabama basketball. I don't know that I've ever mentioned them before. So That's very true. I mean, other than when Avery Johnson went there and everybody's like, oh, wow, Avery Johnson. And, of course, never did anything. Nope, not at all. And now they're they're one of the best. I mean, they literally, Alabama's one of the top five teams in the country that, like, legitimately. And, you know, I, I think there's probably, I think if you look at the top ten, like, not rankings, but, like, metric-wise, one of the, like, any of those ten teams, there there is no program that you look at and go, oh, they're going to win the t-. Even Houston. Houston can be had. Bama beat them earlier this year. You know, Memphis always almost beat them last weekend. So they play again today. I, it, it, there are 10 to 12 teams. Any One of those is going to win it. Pick one, throw them up in the air. Who knows? Nothing in it, bro. It's but wide open. Should be a lot of madness in the tournament, which will make it fun. And that, my friends, is this version of the podcast. I hope you guys have a great week. We will be back for you coming up on Wednesday. So be looking forward to that. See what happens around the Cowboys, free agency, all kinds of things happening. And we'll be here for it. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Jam Session podcast. Make sure to find us on Instagram at Jam Session Cast. Of course, you can also find us on Twitter at McMatt Radio and at JJT underscore journalist. Our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas. As always, thanks to Purple Elephant Music for the music you hear at the end and the beginning of each episode. He, of course, is the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. And me, I'm just a guy, Matt McLaren. We'll catch you next time right here on the Jam Session Podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.